Welcome to Iron Summit, where we cover topics about health, fitness, and general performance through the eyes of former elite Division One wrestlers. All right, we're live. Welcome back to Iron Summit Podcast, Episode 2. We're talking the nutrition pillar right now and what are the basic metrics of a diet for performance. Quick intro, I think this is different for both of us. We had different experiences in wrestling, uh, but I think it lays a good groundwork for nutrition because it's important in a weight class where you're or weight class sport. So I think high school cutting weight did everything wrong. Learned that by college. Um, and so in high school, it was like, don't eat water's heavy and just, you don't feel good. You just got to make weight and you throw on there's a clothes and don't really fuel a lot before workouts. Um, as you get to college and it's not day before weigh-ins, it's like hour before weigh-ins, which recently changed this year to two hours before weigh-ins, which is nice. But you, you learn that you basically, are, you're trying to touch and go on these things. And I think it, it, overall, I learned what foods made my body feel good, how to fuel for workouts so that you feel good for the workout, even though maybe your calorie allotment is your less calories than what putting in than what is optimal for you because of the fact you got to make this weight class. And it was throughout the week trying to have nutrient, like high volume, low calorie food. And then it was like day of cutting weight. You couldn't have a lot of volume because you had to make weight. So yep. it'd be high density, high calorie foods that are low weights to, so that you're not losing all this muscle while you're cutting weight, even though you're cutting, trying to manipulate your water as well, but not lose your muscle mass. And then I think that there's also like a huge mental part of this nutrition game because it just feels like, when I'm not cutting weight for wrestling, it's easy to follow a diet plan or do it, do whatever, where the second you tell somebody they're cutting weight, they got to lose weight, this mental switch flips in your head. And it's like, now you're starving suddenly and everything looks good. So I think finding little tricks to keep that diet fun and stay on track, but really just keeping your mental side of that. And maybe we could talk about that more in the future too, but I think there's a huge mindset component to this nutrition stuff, especially when you're talking about like a long-term diet. Cause let's just face it. You're going to be hungry at some point if you're trying to lose weight. And then I think you, yeah. you had the opposite side of that as well, which is arguably harder. Yeah. I think. I've had both sides of it, but I think the reality is cutting weights harder. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. I, cause I went from making 197 to making heavyweight and I can tell you the level of discomfort I was in making 197 was more than the level of discomfort I was in bulking up to go to heavyweight there's still discomfort and maybe it was the amount of weight I was cutting for 197 but I think just like if you do both to the extreme cutting weight sucks more yeah and, and I'm a heavyweight saying that like heavyweights are always like oh it's hard to gain weight too but no cutting weight, <laughs> cutting weight still sucks <laughs> but you can apply, and we'll go through today how, but you can apply some basic principles to make either process at least more effective. I don't know if you're going to completely cut the, the suck out of either, especially if you're doing it right, which is where the mindset and a little bit of mental toughness comes in when it comes to following a diet for performance. But um, we will review some of these tips and tricks and, and the basics of how to get this right. So it's an effective diet and a diet you can stick to and a diet where you're going to perform well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, nutrition plays a huge role uh, in anything performance related, no matter what your goals are. Like you're saying, whether we're bulking up or cutting weight. And I think that the other thing that's hard about it is like, there's no way to really do an experiment where it's like your body and then your body on bad nutrition at the same time. But I think especially specifically wrestling, I just felt like the guys on the team that were always eating junk. By the end of the year, they got hurt a lot more. They had a lot more inflammation in their body. Obviously, that's anecdotal, and it's hard to actually um, say that they wouldn't have got hurt if they had better nutrition. But I think that's – I felt like usually guys – you have some freak DNA guys that just naturally got drawn. They get a lot of injuries. But then I think there's a lot of guys that it was a nutrition thing too and and recovery thing. But I think the big thing – was like, essentially you're eating the same food groups all the time, just different ratios for different goals. So like clean whole foods versus all this processed junk, trying to try to limit that as much as possible. And then just, you play with the ratios of fats, proteins, carbs. So we're always focusing on nutrient dense, whole foods, consistently hitting macro goals and basically having a plan for busy days. I think it's easy to, life gets busy. It's you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so talking about our three macronutrients, we're talking protein first and talking about, we broke this down into a tier list a little bit. So like top tier, not saying like one protein, like, I, like protein's super important, but I think the biggest, your best cuts of meat are getting whole animal food protein is going to go a long way. So we're talking about like lean red meats, eggs, egg whites, fish, chicken, turkey, and then maybe at step below that, after that, not your main proteins, but additional source of protein. We're talking about protein powders, pork, Greek yogurt, milk, maybe a pre-made protein shake if you're busy and on the go. Cottage cheese, um, beans, deli meats, cheese kind of falls into a couple different categories depending on if you're looking at protein goals or fat goals. Then we're talking about fats, our tier one fats. Always looking for good fats like egg yolks are awesome. Animal fats, talking about nuts, yeah. nut butters avocado, um, more second tier, maybe cooking oils, avocado oil, coconut, olive oil, really trying to avoid, or I don't know if you can in today's day and age avoid, but minimize canola oil, seed oils, another second tier, like mayonnaise, salad dressings for, in terms of fats. And then third for carbs or tier one, jet fuel carbs, (laughs) white rice, fruits, potatoes sweet potatoes oats sourdough and then tier two looking more at like rye bread sprouted breads vegetables quinoa popcorn and popcorn's kind of tricky with depending on the kind of oils and yeah. whatnot is on top of that a lot of butter and maybe it might be more of a fat in some areas <laughs> pastas cereals crackers chips tortillas so looking at stuff is let's try to pick more tier one stuff and then obviously as life gets in the way, you, you might have some tier two stuff or depending on your goals, but yeah. trying to really maximize your nutrition. And then I think something too that Max, you're huge on is tracking calories. I think most people avoid this. It's hard if you're going out to eat a lot, but I think it's very really important. Very, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's very important, right? If you can track calories for a couple of weeks, at least to be aware of your patterns. I think the first time you start tracking something, it seems like you realize, oh, I'm eating a lot more of this than I thought I was eating. My fats are way higher than I thought. My carbs were way lower than I thought, or my protein is too low or too high. And so I think even if you're not consistently doing it 
year round, maybe you're not tracking your carbs or your calories or protein, tracking your meals, <laughs> calories, like Christmas dinner. Uh, but how important it is to be able to understand that. It's, I think tracking calories is most valuable from an educational perspective. It's also, it's probably one of the more accurate ways you can diet and control your intake, but it's also not perfect. And that's something I think sometimes people think, oh, I track my calories, I'm nailing it. No, it's tracking calories actually probably has, it's probably the most accurate way of dieting, but really you, you can't perfectly track the calories you're putting in your mouth. Nutrition labels are plus minus. I think the FDA standard is 25%. Yeah, <laughs> you can have a big variance if you're going off nutrition labels, depending on how you cook different kinds of meat, fat cooks off, fat content's hard to know exactly in your meat. Same with your protein, depending on how dry the meat is. So the point is like everything when you're tracking calories is probably plus minus 25%, we'll call it, but it is extremely informative. And if you do it consistently, and like you said, you don't have to track Christmas dinner or you go out to uh, dinner with your friends, but if you're a serious athlete and you're trying to understand what you're putting in your body and how it drives performance and how it makes you feel and what makes you feel good and what doesn't tracking your calories and tracking what food you're putting in your mouth is probably going to be a really beneficial exercise. And it's not something, yeah, it's not something you have to do all the time, but if you do it five days a week or four days a week, or even for a two week period, just to get a feel for it, I think you're, if you've never done it before, try it out. Cause you're going to be shocked at what you do learn. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and it's so easy nowadays with the amount of apps. I think it, it it's pretty seamless as long as you're getting in the habit of actually tracking after you do it. And I think it honestly, it helps you not like snack as much too. If you're like, if you're dieting, I don't even want to, it puts a little bit of friction between, oh, I got to yeah. enter this food. I don't it even makes want you, that. makes you think about it twice. Yes. Yeah. Before, yeah, absolutely. before eating it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look at the calories. <laughs> Got a lot as of I put it into my fitness pal. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Or you can go with the other approach and be cutting weight, and you're like, if I don't track it, it doesn't count. And put it. That, <laughs> it's true too. I think a lot of people shy away from it because it is a lot of work. But and I think one of the excuses I had a long time with this was like, I'm burning a different amount of calories every single day. And it's like, it's not a perfect science, but if you're tracking it the same way every day and you're tracking your weight, you can understand general trend lines and then you're exactly. actually going in the right direction, right? Because yep. randomly, I noticed when I wasn't tracking, there was days when I'd be like way under fueling and not realizing it or like days where I was like, wow, I didn't hit the targets that I needed in order to, to match my goals. So it's, if I can do this in half the amount of time and reach my goal, because I'm tracking, that's so worth the extra two minutes it takes to pull up my fitness pal and, and literally type in chicken, broccoli, rice. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would also encourage people to pay attention to what foods they are eating and how they feel during training, during lifts, during practices. Because then you might be able to start seeing, oh, if I eat these foods consistently, I feel really good. I notice when I eat red meat and rice, consistently for a good chunk of my calories. I feel I have really good workouts. I sleep well, might be different for someone else, but if you're paying attention to what you're eating and you're tracking it or, and, and then having some awareness around how you're feeling, yeah, what's your weight doing? 
you're going to be able to understand not only what the caloric intake you're doing, the different balance of macros that you're doing, how that's affecting your weight and performance, but you'll also be able to actually understand what food groups make you feel good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of like bodybuilders too, that will just literally write down like what they ate and how they felt. And I think, I don't know, there's, as long as you're keeping a log of your calories, you understand the general trend lines to where you figure out what's making you feel good. And, and there's a lot of factors too, right? Like maybe you didn't get good sleep, maybe overtrained one day, maybe you're getting sick. But I think when you track it, you actually have some data to look back at instead of just randomly doing stuff and hoping you're going the right direction. Yeah, this is going to age me. But when I started cutting, when I started <laughs> tracking my calories for cutting weight my freshman year, that would have been 2013. I did it in a notebook. Okay. <laughs> no app. <laughs> just writing down the, the macros and the total calories of each meal. Had to look it up on back then. It was, there was no MyFitnessPal, so you had to Google like eight ounces chicken breast nutrition facts. Yeah. <laughs> and get, it would get you back and you write it down. But it, you, you can do it. And once you get used to it, it doesn't take long. So yeah, that's one of our big tips here for figuring out diet is just at least for a little bit, counting your calories and tracking your macros. Yeah, absolutely. And then going into our three macronutrients and basically I think protein, everybody, it seems like popular now. Everybody understands like you actually need a lot of protein, especially if you're an athlete. I feel like everything we've talked about, like most of the time protein stays in a general range. Obviously it might go up or down a little bit, but even when your calories are really low, you want to keep muscle on. So you're keeping, you're keeping protein high. And then when you're trying to put muscle on too, you don't want your protein to drop as well. Yeah. Um, protein is definitely the most consistent and should be the most consistent whether you're cutting weight or gaining weight i think as a general rule of thumb for protein whether you're cutting weight to gaining weight and this is also depending on how you feel how you do with protein but we'll ballpark it in the one to 1.5 grams of protein per pound of lean mass and lean mass means your actual muscle mass so approximate your body fat if you don't know, have a good reading for it, I say I'm 250 and we'll just make it easy. I'm 20% body fat. That means at I'm having 200 grams of protein ish a day, 200 to 250 to 300. So that's proteins one to 1.5. And then, yeah, like you said, you scale carbs and fats up or down based on your goal. So if I'm trying to cut weight, figure out how many calories do I need from protein? Start with that. And then you walk backwards into your caloric need and finding your caloric need is a, we could probably do a whole podcast on just that. And it's super individual. There's really no good. You can try putting it into some calculator online, or there's a lot of different ways to measure. You can basically basil, you can put in how active you are and you probably get a, a decent guesstimate, but Basically, finding your caloric needs is going to be super individualized. And that's another reason to track because you can start to understand if I eat this much, I'm gaining weight. If I eat this much, I'm losing weight, especially with a wrestling practice and a lift a day. You have to find out the variability of your caloric intake and where is your approximate base and maintenance. But you, let's say your maintenance is 3,000 calories a day. This is for 
like a 174 pound person wrestler 3000 calories a day if you need around 174 grams of protein just make it really easy we'll do one back into the calories there that's about see how good my mental math is it's 400 <laughs> and let's do the what's that let's call it I'm six yeah <laughs> six fifty seven hundred calories from protein and then if we're getting to around 3000 then you have you know, the remainder of those 2300 calories to fill in between carbohydrates and fats and depending on how you respond to carbohydrates and fats you can scale those up or down but for carbs you, know, you want to be depending on how aggressively you're cutting weight or trying to lose weight or what your athletic performance goals are you should definitely have a good amount of carbs so you, for an athlete i think about 50 percent of your calories from carbs maybe 40 percent is a healthy number to target so at 3000 that'd be we'll call it 1200 calories from carbs so that would be 300 grams of carbs for this individual. So between the carbs and the protein, you know, we're at around 2000 calories, maybe a little bit less. And then you fill the rest in with the fats. And that's how I would work into it. So that's like a thousand ish calories from fat, which is going to be around hundred grams, maybe a little, a little bit more, a little bit less. But you can see how you would fill it in. And then if you need to lose weight and you need to be around 2,800 calories, you keep the protein around the same and back off a little bit on the carbs and fats. And if you need to gain weight or add muscle tissue or whatever you're doing, you're going to go above that 3,000 and scale the carbs and fats up from there. So that's the basic mechanics of how I would look at if you are trying to track your macronutrient blend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think some of this too is it's so individualized in terms of some people just do really well fueled with a lot of, I know some people that love working out later in the afternoon because they're like, I need at least two full meals before I work out. Or like some people work out fasted in the morning and they feel great. So yeah. I, I think as a general rule of thumb, a great tip is have 30 to 60 grams of carbs like an hour before a workout and make sure you have a big meal two to three hours before that. Fats take a longer time to digest then carbs and protein. Proteins take the second longest and then carbs are usually the quickest digesting. So you don't want like a big fat fiber heavy protein meal right before you work out. Your stomach's probably not going to feel great. But if you get some carbs, 30, 60 grams of carbs an hour before a workout and you already had a meal before that a couple hours, I think that one, you'll get a lot more out of that training session and then your recovery will be better as well. But I think that's something I didn't do early on in my wrestling career and then I realized like oh you can feel really good because most wrestling practices in college or even high school right you're probably starting at like around three o'clock in the afternoon it's a little early for dinner a little far from lunch you, you should probably have some calories before that and I think that like mindset shift of like maybe you have less carbs in your breakfast or something because you're moving carbs around over here I would much rather have those carbs close to that workout, depending on what your overall goals, goals are. Make sure that you're within your carb allotment, your calorie allotment for what you're trying to do and your goals are. But you get a lot more bang for your buck when you feel good in those workouts. Right. Absolutely. 
getting that in. Yeah. I think that's a really, especially if you are cutting weight, surround, use your carbs wisely and surround your workout with your carbs. So get some good carbs in 30, 60 minutes before. And if they are, if you are eating that close or taking in carbs that close to your workout, definitely make sure they're quicker digesting carbs, even liquid carbs. You can do that around your workout and then get right after as well. Cause that's the other time carbohydrates are, are super important and really you can find a lot of studies on why carbohydrates are so important for athletes, but, um, rather than quoting a specific or single study, maybe it's just helpful to look at why carbs are so important. And it's really because of the first and easiest source of energy for your muscles use glycogen to contract. That's the source of energy we have. So when we go to a wrestling practice or a lift and we're going through a lot of different muscle contraction, we're using up our body's glycogen and the glycogen is actually stored in the muscle and carbohydrates help your body uh, produce glycogen. So it's really important if you eat carbs before your workout, you're making sure your glycogen stores are going to be topped off and ready to go. And when you eat post-workout, having you need to repair the damaged muscle and if you eat carbs post-workout, two things really important there. One is carbohydrates also modulate insulin, which insulin is it's very anabolic hormone, but it's also it's the hormone that basically tells your body where to put what nutrients. So if you have good carbs post-workout, your muscles that need the nutrients are going to get the nutrients it needs. And then you're also going to replenish the glycogen that you used while you're working out. And it's, there's, it's also very, this is a very complex process and you have to work out really hard to deplete your glycogen, but college wrestling is certainly going to be putting you in that state. So it's really, yeah, it's important to fuel it with your carbs before and after your workout, especially for college wrestlers. Absolutely. Carbs are your jet fuel. I feel like especially with like keto and stuff being popular recently. I don't know. I think as an athlete, I'm sure there's some people that do it, but I just don't think it's a good idea. Like carbs will make you feel good. You'll make your workouts a lot better. Yeah. Ketogenesis, keto diets are really effective for burning fat. But if you have no athletic performance outcome desired or needed, because you're, you're basically, you're just, you're putting up a, a roadblock for yourself because it's, Turning fat into energy through the process of ketosis is really hard for your body. That's why it's so effective for burning fat because your body has to work really hard to do it. But it also, you, it hurts your lean muscle mass. And you're, if you're an athlete, you want, why would you make it harder for yourself to have energy? Yeah, you're working against your body. Plus, yeah. it's, I think it's just unsustainable with general life most of the time. I don't know. When you're traveling, you might not have all the right options at family Christmas dinner. You might not. But I don't know. And then I think one of the biggest things with this is like preparing for these meals. I think something that I've realized is one of the easiest things to do is just batch meal prepping. Like I think people, the biggest thing with meal prepping is they're like, I get bored of this food. I think it's a lot easier to make, make a big thing of chicken, make a big thing of steak, big thing of ground beef, whatever your meat is. And then throughout the week, you can change that out with different carb sources, different vegetables. And I think biggest things like different seasoning, different sauces. And so it's super quick, super easy. And then you feel like you're eating different stuff, but you're eating the same meal with 
it tastes a little different to keep your mind engaged. I think it's one of those like mental things with meal prepping. Like, I don't want to eat this five day old chicken and rice, but if you're like, okay, this one's, I don't know you're this is teriyaki chicken one day, and then you're having a chicken sandwich the next day and you switch it around. So batch meal prepping saves you a bunch of time. And then it makes it a lot easier to stay on because you're like, I, I know I'm eating good whole foods. I'm planned for it. And when I come home and I'm starving after practice, after a workout, I got all the things I need. I have a, a tub of rice in the fridge. I got a thing of steak ready and I got some vegetables I can make quick. Yeah. That's a huge tip. If you want to be successful on a diet is yeah, planning ahead. I, I do notice, and you don't have to only eat the same thing, like one or two foods, but if I do have more consistently similar foods, I perform better. And it is in today's world, we have so many choices of processed foods and hyper palatable foods that, and it's a little bit like we talked about last time, balance is important, but if you want to be elite, you're going to have to make sacrifices somewhere. So you're going to have to eat that chicken, steak, and uh, white rice and vegetables if you want to be where you want to be. And that's where a little bit of the, the mental toughness part can come into following a diet for performance is you probably could be eating a lot tastier foods, but you're not going to be eating foods that make you perform better. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's part of it too. What, what makes it easier, I think in my head is justifying it in my own head is if I attach to the way it makes me feel, it's a lot easier to follow a diet than it is if you're like, I'm just suffering through this for whatever reason. But if I'm like, no, I feel a lot better because I, I think everyone can relate to you have a big greasy meal or you have a donut or something after eating clean for a while and your stomach just hurts the rest of the day or something. And you're like, I don't know if that was worth it. Like my body's not used to this junk food and it just, I felt like crap in that workout. My stomach hurt. I don't know. So if you can attach your mindset behind your meals, like this is going to make me feel better. I think it's a lot easier to follow. Yeah. And then you do it for two, three months and then try eating something shitty. And you're like, I don't want, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> I really don't like the way that makes me feel. It all, I joke around with my wife and I eat super clean. We joke around this. Sometimes it's like a curse. Cause then, then you want, you go and get that done and it's, you're paying for it like way more than you did. Yeah. You, you just notice it way more. But no, I think that those are all really insightful ways to make it a little easier and better. Yeah. hundred percent. And the other thing is wrapping this up with nutrition, being a trial and error game. Like it's such a individualized approach. I think some people do a lot better on certain foods and some people do a lot better on other foods. I knew guys that could eat right before a workout feel great. And then some people are like, I can't have a meal even close to this, or I'm going to feel awful. So understanding what makes your body feel good. And then also trial and error of figuring out what works best for you, because this is so individualized. This isn't like a cookie cutter, one size fits all. I think there's a lot of general guidelines to follow, but it's also what can you do for a long period of time and what feels best for your body. And, and I don't know if you want to get into this too much, Max, but haven't you dealt with some foods that you didn't agree with your stomach and yeah. stuff? It's I've had to totally trial and error my way into what makes me feel good, what doesn't, what balance of macronutrients do I do really well with. I definitely, I respond a little bit better to a little higher protein, a little higher fat and less carb on that ratio we were talking about. Still a lot of carbs, <laughs> but yeah. a little yeah, less, less carbs is, a, is more than 90% of people. <laughs> yeah. 
right now I'm eating, I think I'm, I can, I, 550, 550 grams of carbs a day. That's a lot. Like, but that's less, 500 a day right now. Oh, that's 140 it. <laughs> fat, 260 protein in that range. But I definitely notice I feel a little bit better. And it's a, my coach I work with was helped me with dialing this in, but finding what worked for me. And that was a certain set of foods because other, I have a very sensitive stomach and I eat a ton. So <laughs> that combination, you have to really know what's going to make your stomach feel good. What's going to make you feel good the next day, the next hour, you know, the next workout. So it's been dialing in the right blend of macronutrients, the right caloric intake, and then the right foods to put together to get there. And for me, that's largely red meat and rice, as I said, and then sprinkle in other things along the way. But if I'm eating, I'm probably eating red meat and rice. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, yeah, hit the nail on the head. You got to look at your goals individually and you got to, it takes some time. Unfortunately, you can't just take one diet plan and use it for everybody. And then obviously if people have questions, reach out to us for more specific help. I don't it's tough to give blanket statements. I think diet's something you could talk about forever. And yeah, no, I think nutrition's huge place. It's one of those levers, especially in a sport like wrestling, or if you're trying to lose some weight, you got two levers, you got increase your output, the amount of calories you're burning, and then decrease the amount of calories you're putting in. And probably got to be some combination of both those, because it's really hard to just, you can't drop your calories forever and you can't just keep adding workouts all day. So I think we, yeah, it's, it's taken a lot of trial and error for both of us to figure out our bodies and then always trying to learn more and more as well. Agreed. Yeah. The end of the day, if you do get your nutrition dialed in and you use some of these basic principles to start figuring it out for yourself, it'll pay dividends and you will notice your performance, your performance will be better. Making weight will be easier you will start to really reap the benefits. It takes discipline though, because this isn't two hours a day. This is all day. And that is that is the hard part, but that's also why if you do it, it'll be the biggest differentiator. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Max. Thank you.